Trials and tribulations, life can get rough. And through the storm, we'll make it. Just put your trust in Him. No matter what you're going through, I know that I'll never leave you. You feel that you can't take no more. You may think you've seen it all. This is the Get Happy with Jay podcast. I'm your host, Jatan Woods, and thanks so much for listening. Our topic today is weight loss, and you are sure to be motivated by our amazing guest. It's my pleasure to introduce you to online training and nutrition coach, Jeremy Reed. You can find him on all social media platforms as Jeremy Reed Fitness, and Reed is R-E-I-D, and his website is jeremyreedfitness.com. Jeremy himself has lost over 100 pounds, overcome a cigarette habit, and binge eating. We've discussed the topic of weight loss several times here on the, on the podcast, but our guests have been women. So I'm so excited to kind of get the male perspective on an issue that has no respect of person, male, female, young and old, more Americans than ever are either obese or well on the road to obesity. So let's get into it with our guest expert today, Mr. Jeremy Reed. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Can you start off telling us about your personal weight loss journey? Because I, I love having on experts that haven't been thin and perfect eating all their lives, but have their own journey that uh, they've overcome. So tell us about that. Sure. Yeah, I, I was always kind of the chubbier, heavier kid um, growing up. And, and even from the age of 11 or 12, I started secretly binge eating um, and uh, and you know, that just continued on and worsened and worsened until I was in my early 20s. And I, you know, kind of hit rock bottom, you could say. I was smoking two packs a day. I was drinking um, every day. I was just eating everything in sight and just, just truly running from my emotions, from stress, from feelings, and, um, and hit rock bottom. I, I woke up one day and took a really long, hard look at my life and who I was and what I was about. And I, at, at that instant, came to the realization that I deserved better than how I was treating myself. And I think and that's... So at that point... Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. That's the thing that we all have to face is that we're worth more, that we do deserve to have a better life. Now, in your journey and hitting rock bottom, did you experience any health issues? You know, thankfully, no, um, other than I had every doctor telling me, like, you've got to turn this around. Um, you know, there was a, a couple blood tests here and there that showed high cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Um, my blood, my blood pressure was slightly elevated, but um, but you know, thankfully, um, I didn't have any serious health issues yet. I, you know, without a doubt, I would have if I had continued that lifestyle. Um, but uh, but thankfully, no. And do you find that as you are helping others with their journey um, to health and fitness, that you having like walked the walk and talked it, that you can um, relate to the people that you're helping more since you've been there? Oh, 100%. Like without a doubt, um, that's what makes me so good at my job mm-hmm. is the empathy that I can, that I can share with my clients. And I, I particularly 
focus on obesity and eating disorders and, and large weight loss transformation. That's kind of my niche. And, um, and, and, and without a doubt, it helps me connect and coach my clients on a level that I truly honestly believe that, that just your average coach or trainer out there wouldn't even be able to come close because they haven't experienced it. What are some of the obstacles um, that your clients deal with the most in dealing with weight loss? When you're dealing with large weight loss transformations like I do, the food is their drug, just like it was my drug too. And so we're I not agree. talking about people that mm-hmm. just, yeah, we're not talking about people that just forgot to go to the gym for a couple of weeks and gained 10 pounds. We're talking about people that use food as a coping mechanism, as a drug. And so you're, you're dealing with addictions like anything else. And so mm-hmm. a lot of what I do is the mindset, the mental aspect of a large weight loss journey. So Yes, I do their nutrition for them, and yes, I do their fitness, but the actual coaching, the one-on-one time that we share Mm -hmm. is 99% the mental game. It's working on creating new healthy habits. It's working on creating a new lifestyle. It's working on creating a a, a self-love and self-care that, frankly, most people don't have in their life, and that's the reason why they got in that position to begin with. So. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, what are the most, the, the challenges are, are every, you know, everything when it comes to food. They just, uh, you know, like, I, like myself in the past, just using it to cope and to distract mm-hmm. themselves from the stresses of life or from trauma or pain or uh, anything, you know. And how do you get them to deal with um, the fact that it's a long journey? Like when you're dealing with like, a large amount of weight that's lost because I myself um, have lost 120 pounds and it took a little over two years to get there to, to lose that weight and um, it's fluctuating now and I have to admit I've gained some of it back which I'm working on but um, to let them know that it's, it's a long-term process and that you know it, it could be years before you achieve um, a large number like that. But to stick with it, because it seems like we sure. pack the weight on overnight, but it sure seems like it takes longer to get it off. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And one of the things, and there's several different kind of techniques or, or avenues that I take, but one of the biggest things that I do from day one is we go through this process of truly understanding that working with me or turning your life around this is not punishment because you gained weight. Mm-hmm. Eating healthy and exercising isn't punishment. It's how we were meant to live. So no matter what your waist size is, we still should be eating healthy and working out. That's, that's not punishment. Mm-hmm. And so we have to come to this understanding that we are not on a diet. I don't promote diets. I promote living the way that we should be living. Mm-hmm. And the positive repercussions for doing that are you lose weight. <laughs> and so... When we start working on our habits, when we start working on our lifestyle, we naturally then start shredding, shedding the weight at an incredible rate because mm-hmm. now we're just simply treating our body the way that we should. And so when you, mm-hmm. when you constantly are reminded of this and bring yourself back to this place, that you know this, this exercising thing, no matter what that looks like for you, for some people it might just be walking, for other people it might be hardcore workouts, you know, it, it, it's not punishment. It's how so we should So how do you get so- people to kind of flip that switch mentally because I think sometimes we concentrate on deprivation and we look at it 
not necessarily intentionally, maybe we're just wired that way, that we look at having to change the way we eat as somehow we're depriving ourselves. And because I know that was a big battle for me, that it's not deprivation. I'm just changing how I eat. So how does that work with you and your clients? It's custom based on the client. So Mm -hmm. I have some clients that come to me and, and no matter what their starting weight is, they come to me and they're mentally ready. They're kind of Mm -hmm. in the place I was when I hit rock bottom. It was like, I must change. I'm ready. Guide me. And I'm like, awesome. (laughs) Let's Mm -hmm. do it. And and it's a little faster getting in there. But there's other people that come and they they understand they don't want to gain any more weight. They want to lose weight. But it's hard to let go of, you know, the ice cream every night and the the thirsty Thursdays and the pizza parties. It's, It's hard to let go of all these things that we've grown accustomed to. Mm-hmm. And so with, with people that are having a hard time letting go or they're constantly going back into this mindset of like, oh, look at what I'm having to give up rather than what I'm gaining, mm-hmm. um, what I will do is I'll go about it a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. And I have what's called my change list. And so one of the first things I have these people do is just take a long, conscious look at their day-to-day habits for about a week. You know, how, how, what, what are your habits during the day when you're at work, when you're at home? When do you have the most cravings or temptations? You know, do you, do you always stop at the same drive-through? You know, what's your breakfast look like? What's like, just take a long, hard look at your habits and your behaviors and jot down, just cr- start creating a list of the behaviors and the habits that you know are not getting you closer to your goal. Mm-hmm. And so this starts to become the change list. And so rather than just changing everything overnight, if you're not ready for that, then we'll do the change list. And that's just simply picking one item off that list. And that's our focus for the week. Like, leave everything the same. Don't worry about it. But we're going to master this one thing this week. And it might seem like a, a drastically slow process mm-hmm. if, you, if you think about it that way. But, but also at the same time, if you look in, in a year's time, which isn't all that long. I mean, you said you've been on yours for over two years. Mm-hmm. In a year's time, you're going to have mastered and changed 52 major behaviors or habits in your life. Mm-hmm. That's a huge difference. You're going to be a totally different person and have lost a tremendous amount of weight in, in only 12 months by doing this. And it didn't seem so daunting. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to wake up 24 hours later and change everything in your life. It was just a slow progression. Right. So, and thus, you're not thinking deprivation so much when you're taking right. it bit by bit. So you right. personalize um, the plans for each person. And um, I know you do not promote any particular um, fad diets, but one in particular uh, I want to discuss because it just seems to be the hot thing to do right now is keto. And I hear good and bad things about it. I know that for me and what I've looked into about it, the way my body works and my and with my personal weight loss, um, a higher protein, lower carb thing works great for me, whatever that looks like, as long as I'm keeping my carbs down. But keto seems a bit like severe and somewhat overly restrictive, not dissing it or anything, because people are losing tremendous amounts of weight on it. But what's your opinion about it? Well, yeah, people are losing tremendous amounts of weight on it. And and they did 20 years ago when it was called the Atkins diet, too. I was wondering if it was the same thing, pretty much. It's the the exact same thing. They've just there. It's got a revival now and different people are, you know, calling it keto for ketosis. And so it's it's. You know, it's the same thing. You're going to have different coaches now, different trainers that are going to put their own spin on it and tell you that you can't have under 15 grams of carbs. And some others are saying you can have up to 25 and some that say you can only have five. So there's different rules now based Mm -hmm. on who you're talking to. Mm -hmm. But it's the same theory. 
and it was very popular back then. And it also had a, like a 94 or 96% failure rate as well because yeah. people lose a tremendous amount of weight, their body gets fat adapted, and then all of a sudden they crack because <laughs> yeah. no diet is sustainable. And so they crack, they break, and they go back to eating large copious amounts of carbohydrates and their body doesn't know what to do with it. And they and gain out. Mm-hmm. all that weight. But <laughs> they blow up and balloon up to, in most cases, even heavier than when they started. Mm-hmm. And so is the keto diet... Uh, effective? Yes, it is tremendously effective, but it's kind only of short effective term. if you can, yeah, right. It's only effective if you can manage it and keep it, and then come off of it correctly. So, mm-hmm. in I, I've, I've been coaching people all over the world full time since 2013, and since 2013, I've only put two clients on a keto diet, two, mm-hmm. and those were extreme cases of insulin resistance where they were borderline diabetic, mm-hmm. and so. They weren't diabetic yet, but they were so insulin resistant that even small amounts of carbohydrates were just responding very terribly to them. So, and that's we where I was diet. basically. I was I was yeah. borderline, so that was kind of my one of my wake up calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 so those cases, um, I did. You know, I talked with them. They they're the ones that both were like, in both cases, they were like, "What do you think about going on a no carb diet or a no carb approach?" And I and I said, you know, hey, it's probably right for that. Um, but we're going to have to monitor it really closely. And, and then also the more important thing is we're going to have to come off of it correctly mm-hmm. because you can't just start eating carbs again um, at the rate that you were. And so coming off of it takes a technique as well. And so in both cases, it's been successful for my clients, but that's only because we've been there with a hands-on approach, mm-hmm. right? The average person that goes into a keto diet because it's the fad thing and they follow so many people on Instagram that are doing it and promoting it, the, the the odds are against them for it being successful long term. Mm-hmm. And I have heard that you know some people have had some adverse health effects from it as well, so that they needed to really be under kind of a doctor's care to make sure their liver enzymes and things like that were um, correct as they were on that diet as well. But in general, um, what seems to be the best thing that works for your clients? In general, because it seems like almost any healthy eating plan is going to work if you work it. So what is the balance for you? In in my opinion, I've found great success with balance, (laughs) Mm -hmm. with eating some carbohydrates, eating some protein, eating some fat. Now, in general, um, I promote protein kind of being the centerpiece of every meal. So Mm -hmm. when you sit down, you know, make sure that your protein is covered. I don't. I don't ever recommend sitting down and only eating carbohydrates um, and having and having a balance of, of uh, in a meal. So you've got mm-hmm. some protein, you've got some carbs, you've got some added fats if needed, and um, and everything is in balance. Um, for weight loss, I generally tend to keep the protein higher and the carbs lower than than you know not low but lower on the lower side. Because carbohydrates are an energy source, that's what they're made for. They're like mm-hmm. high octane fuel. So you need I like some. To, you do need some, mm-hmm. and I and I. So what I like to do is I use that fuel when you're going to use it, and so you don't need to carb up to go to bed. So what I do is when I'm designing my clients' meals, I will in general put most of their carbs around their workout or whenever they're going to be the most active. Mm-hmm. That's good that to know because I think um, that's one thing that I definitely need to tweak because I was carving up in the morning, like my breakfast meal would be like, I wouldn't say like, 
carb overload. There was a bit of a balance, but I definitely carb loaded in the morning thinking that, you know, as my day goes on, um, that it's okay to not have any. But I was realizing that my workout is um, toward the end of the day after my work shift. And I would just be so energy depleted um, after my workout. My husband's been trying to get me to tweak my diet with that too, that it would make me so hungry after my workout. And I'd just be so frustrated. Like I am like starving after my workout. I am just so depleted. I have nothing left. And then I try this. Mm -hmm. Try this. If I, I'll I'll make a suggestion and you try it and see if it works for you is let's assume that you're eating like multiple times a day, like let's say four or five times a day. Um, Have a third of your carbohydrates with breakfast Mm -hmm. and then have a lower carb meal while you're at work because you probably like most people have a seated job or a non-active job. Absolutely. So you mm-hmm. have you have lower carb meals during the day, like maybe some you know chicken on top of a salad or some vegetables and protein, and then a third of your carbs at a meal before your workout, and then a third of your carbs immediately post workout or whatever meal is right after you get done working out. So mm-hmm. that what that's going to do is give you a little bit of carbs to energize you during the day, not too much, but some carbs to energize you during the day, and keeping your blood sugar levels very stable with those low carb meals while you're at work, another boost of energy right before you work out that you're going to burn off when you work out, and then a boost of carbohydrates immediately post-workout, which is going to replenish those glycogen stores in your muscles and in your liver, and it's also going to help with the protein synthesis that's going to happen for recovery. So doing it that way is you know, referred to as nutrient timing, mm-hmm. giving your body what it needs, when it needs, and so what you're going to see is you're going to see elevated energy levels, increased fat, uh, fat loss, and then your workouts are going to be better. And your recovery is going to be better. Awesome. I think my husband's going to love hearing this when he listens to this interview because <laughs> that's kind of what he was telling me. So he's going to be like, ah, I told you so. Yes. <laughs> so I'll let him have that win. Do you find any difference in working with with men and women? Because I know like in my household, it's always frustrated me to know in that my husband just naturally burns fat faster and just has a better metabolism. And um, he disagrees with me on this, but it just seems like men have a better metabolism. Is that a myth or is there any truth to that? And if so, does it have something to do with the fact that they tend to have more muscle mass? Yes and yes. Um, So, yes, men do tend to have a higher uh, base metabolic rate or a higher metabolism because of the muscle mass and just sheer sizes that that men have over women. Mm -hmm. But then there's also something that I've seen is that women in general, and I I blame it on um, just our our diet culture of women, even from a a very young age, being um, essentially pressured into looking perfect and not gaining weight. And so you have current day, you have your 12-year-olds that are going on diets. You have yeah. 16-year-old girls who are trying Weight Watchers and, and, and keto, and, and they're di- perpetually dieting their whole life because mm-hmm. women have this pressure to be perfect, to be Yeah, I started be, this you know, uh, unhealthy journey with food probably in high school. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what that's happened is, what's happened is over the course of, you know, 10 years, 20 years, so now you hire a coach when you're 35, 38, <laughs> And you've, you've got 20 years of perpetual dieting underneath your belt, which has lowered your metabolism. Mm-hmm. Over the course of 20 years, you've binged, and then you've went on 900-calorie-a-day diets. Mm-hmm. And you've went through stints of doing incredible amounts of exercise, and then you've went through stints of overeating or starving yourself. And so 
what's happened is your body is just so out of whack because you've you've tried such extremes for 20 years. How can it not have an effect on your body if you've done it for that long? Even 10 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so what happens most of the time is when I do get a man, a man pretty much for the most part sat oblivious to it for 20 years and then woke up and was like, wow, I'm 350 pounds. I should probably do something about this. And he's, he's got a raging metabolism. We, we sh- you know, change some stuff up in his life, get some exercise, and the weight falls off. Mm-hmm. The same 350-pound woman has been dieting for 20 years. Her metabolism is shot, mm-hmm. and she doesn't have the muscle mass that the man has just naturally. And so it is more challenging for a woman. It mm-hmm. is. It just is. Well, that's good to Not know. Not impossible, that's, though. That, I wanna, yeah. I want to make just it in my very, head. very clear. It is real. <laughs> right. It's so, it's, you know, it might be slightly more challenging, but not impossible by any means. So every single female listening to this right now, mm-hmm. there is absolutely 100% hope for you. You are not lost. Your body doesn't want to be big. You know, like all the things that we try to talk ourselves into, like, I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm just big bone. My body yeah. naturally wants to be heavy. <laughs> the big no, bone man. No, 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 no. <laughs> You, there's hope for you. It, it, it falls down to your habits, your behaviors, and, and your relationship with food and exercise. How do you um, get your clients to deal with plateaus? Because that, that can be a struggle. Because I know even for me in my journey, when I would go like a month to two months, and I'd be doing the right things, but the scale wouldn't be moving. And yeah. that would be so frustrating. And, it, and it's hard not to say like, I'm doing everything right, and I'm still not losing. So forget it, I'm going to go have a brownie. How do you get people to deal with <laughs> plateaus? Well, I've gotten very, very good. I mean, both through just um, experience and through my credentials of learning, you know, learning and being certified and all this stuff. Um, most of my clients never hit plateaus, to be honest. Um, and if we do, there's minor tweaks that I'll make to, to just get the ball rolling again. Um, and that's just simply has to just do with knowledge. I mean, that's why you hire a professional is so that you, you if you follow it, you're going to see results. And so through my custom design of fitness and changing things up there, through custom design of nutrition and, and monitoring that, um, clients rarely see plateaus to that level. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and so, what, you know, what do I do? Like, you got to change things up. Your body has gotten accustomed to what you've been doing, mm-hmm. and so you need, to, you need to change things up. If you've been, let's, let's say you've been going to uh, a fitness class at your gym, you know, four days a week for months, and now that's no longer working, well then do something drastically different for fitness. You know, sign up and do, do two weeks of hardcore like kickboxing classes or something where you're utilizing your body in such a drastically different way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and when it comes to nutrition, sometimes we do need to change things up, even just temporarily. Like maybe for, you know, for three days, you cut out all carbs mm-hmm. and just, just go protein, protein fat. And then just for three days, while you change up your fitness and just do something drastically different than what you've done and then go right back, ease right back into what you were doing. A lot of times it's just this, it just kicks our body off. We just need to change things up temporarily, not forever, but just a, a, a very short period of time. And you'll see that your body starts to respond again. What's your opinion about intermittent fasting? Are you pro or against that? Cause I know for me, um, I tend to work better when I'm consistently having food. So what's your opinion on intermittent fasting? Yeah, I uh, might get some <laughs> backlash on this, but I am not for it by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, My I, nutritionist I wasn't either. It. Yeah. Right. I, I don't understand how people are saying that it's beneficial other than it's starving yourself. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there may, be, there may be a couple slight positive things when it comes to 
naturally raising your insulin sensitivity. But you know what? Exercise does that too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all sorts of natural supplements like fish oil and, and apple cider vinegar. And um, uh, uh, there's, there's tons that, that are going to naturally raise your insulin sensitivity as well. So I, I, I'm not seeing how people are, are raving about this other than the fact that mm-hmm. anorexics have been doing this for a long time. You starve yourself, you lose weight. Yeah. You know, so you, you're, you're going to not eat for, you know, I've seen people go like on a three day, 72 hour fast, and wow. then they eat like that's just madness. That's madness. And, and even then are they binging at the end of that? Because you right. think that that's you just want to like <laughs> dive into a box a, of Twinkies or something. Right. It's causing such a horrible relationship with food that you feel you have to d- deprive yourself for hours and hours and hours in a day. It goes back to the punishment a, thing. Exactly. Yeah. And then you, you have a very short period of time when you can eat. And so just like a bear close to hibernation, you're ravenous and you're going to just <laughs> eat everything in sight. But then, you know, three hours later, now it's a no-no. Oh, now I can't eat. I can't touch food. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. This is madness. This is, so, this is so backwards from where we should be. Food is not the problem. It's how we use food. Mm-hmm. And so rather than creating all these limitations on yourself and, and, and punishing yourself if you ate food during a 17-hour window of your day, let's just get back to treating our bodies the way we should, eating healthy and exercising. Let's work on that. Even if we have to work on it slowly to get mm-hmm. to that point, let's shoot for that. Let's shoot for balance and, and health and positivity rather than continuing to just shame ourselves with the next diet that, that odds are aren't going to work for us long-term anyway. Jeremy, I thank you so much for your um, your words of wisdom and sharing your expertise with us in this episode of the podcast. And for our listeners, I hope that you are motivated more than ever to get healthy because that's what it's about. It's not about a number on a scale, but it's about good health. So for more tips, please visit our guest's website, jeremyreedfitness.com. And again, Reed is R-E-I-D, jeremyreedfitness.com. You can also follow him on Instagram if you want, like, pictures for uh, for inspiration. Oh, my goodness, Jeremy. <laughs> Your before and afters are absolutely incredible. You can find him on Instagram, Facebook. Are you, like, on Snapchat, too? I was. Um, I just, I it, it became too, <laughs> too yeah. daunting for me. So my main ones are, are Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Um, and, you know, anywhere that you can search for Jeremy Reed Fitness and you can find me, go ahead and DM me. Let's connect. I'd love to interact with your listeners. Absolutely. And definitely um, go to the website and you can get um, Jeremy's ebooks. Um, one is a book filled with great recipes from his book, Recipes for Success. And another um, to get great fitness and nutrition help is his ebook, Final 10. So, as Jeremy has said, please join the conversation, reach out to him. Once again, jeremyreadfitness.com. And also, I'd love to hear from you about your weight loss and your health journey as well. You can check me out, Get Happy with Jay, on uh, Facebook. That's our page there. And the website is gethappywithjay.com. We would absolutely love to hear from you. So, please subscribe. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And until next week, do something to make yourself happy and try a healthy choice. It's not selfish. It's self-care. Thank you once again, Jeremy. Thank you. Thank you.